this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm Anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by Avengers Endgame. Variety calls it toweringly crafted and moving. The Chicago Sun-Times declares it a beautifully filmed epic with universally stellar performances. The cinematic event of the year is now awards eligible in all categories, including Best Visual Effects, Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Director, and Best Picture of the Year. Avengers Endgame, and now Grammy-nominated for Best Score, for your consideration. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Discourse on the Playlist Podcast Network, the show where we discuss film news, television news, reviews, anything in the pop culture zeitgeist that we feel the need to weigh in on. I'm Ryan Oliver, and today with me I have two very awesome guests, uh, both returning guests. First, she is a contributing editor at Nerdist and the host of the Halo Raylo podcast. Lindsay Romain, welcome back to The Discourse. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to talk about this one. <laughs> I'm very excited, too. Thank you for coming on. And uh, and then you'll know our next guest, of course, he is the editor-in-chief over here at theplaylist.net. Rodrigo Perez, also welcome back to the discourse. Hey, how you doing? It's been a minute. It has been a minute, yeah. I think it was the, uh, we talked about the, uh, uh, what was it, the uh, Spider-Man and uh, like MCU Sony divorce, I think was the last episode we did, which is now. Oh, wow, moot. that was a while ago. It was a while ago. Which it's like... it's... <laughs> It's moot now at this point because they rekindled. So we yeah. had a whole episode for uh, basically nothing. But for I felt, nothing. Yeah, for nothing. But, um, well, today we are here to discuss uh, probably the most anticipated movie of the winter season, uh, maybe of the entire year. Um, I'm, of course, talking about Tom Hooper's Cats. Um, but, <laughs> but if we have some time, we'll talk about Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Um, no, just kidding. We're, we're going to be pretty much dedicating this entire episode to Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. And as usual, uh, with a movie like this, we will do a non-spoiler section for a little bit and then swing into a spoiler section and we'll give you plenty of warning before we do that. But a little bit of housekeeping before we kick the show off proper. This show is a part of the Playlist Podcast Network. So if you enjoy the show, be sure to subscribe to our feed via your podcatcher of choice, be it iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, Anchor FM, however you get your shows. And you'll get this show as well as our other programs, including The Fourth Wall, Indie Beat, Be Real, and anything else that manages to pop up on our feed from time to time. Um but yeah, I think there's a lot to talk about, so we'll just just skip the small talk and dive right into it. Um, the Rise of Skywalker is, of course, the ninth film in the Star Wars saga. It is directed by J.J. Abrams. It's a wrap-up of not only this most recent trilogy of films under the Disney umbrella, but wraps up the entire saga as a whole. Um, it was announced, I think, pretty much when Lucasfilm... Uh, was purchased by Disney, and they announced they were doing a new trilogy of films. They had pretty much announced the filmmakers right out the gate um, that J.J. Abrams would do part seven, Ryan Johnson would do part eight, and Colin Trevorrow was initially supposed to do this movie. Um, but I believe around 2016, he either departed the project for 
personal reasons or uh, fired. I don't know the exact details of that. Um, but regardless, J.J. Um, Abrams ultimately stepped in to finish this film. Uh, he, of course, did The Force Awakens. And, um, I mean, there's a lot to dive in, but I'll, I'll just, you know, I, I in, in the interest of not spinning my wheels, I'm just going to hand it over to you guys. Lindsay Romaine, let's start with you. Um, you've written some terrific pieces over at Nerdist over the last two years, uh, specifically around The Last Jedi. Uh, I know it is your favorite Star Wars film. And to follow up a film that is pretty subversive in a franchise, specifically subversive under a umbrella, uh, like a production umbrella that usually is not known for doing that, um, is is pretty remarkable. And so this that film, um, it's a lot to follow up, I guess I'll say. It's a lot to follow up a, a film that sort of opens up the world of Star Wars and does something that we've never seen before. And then to come in and have to tie it all up. And so no matter who is going to step into this movie, I'd say that's a that's a huge burden on anyone. But I'll start with you and just ask the question that's on everyone's minds. What did you think of The Rise of Skywalker? Yeah, so I, I w- walked into the movie uh, kind of with tempered expectations. I had heard some stuff online. Um, the movie kind of like there were leaks and whatnot uh, leading up to it. So I, I kind of walked in knowing a few things or at least having some idea of how I might feel about it. And it turns out I felt like even way worse than I thought I was going to. Um, yeah, I really did not like this movie really at all. I, I find almost nothing redeemable about it. There are probably some things that might gel and, and make me enjoy it a little bit more on future rewatches. I've only seen it once so far. But I felt pretty um, upset, <laughs> disappointed, sad. Um, a lot of emotions went into me watching this, and I'm excited to get into it with, with both of you because I think there's a lot to talk about. I'm excited as well because there is there's certainly a lot to talk about, it, and it's one of those. It, it's it seemingly is the case with every Star Wars film that we've discussed on this this program that. Uh, it's really, really difficult to talk about uh, like specific details of, of what we like, or in this case, what we didn't like um, about it without getting into spoilers. But I, yeah, I'm really excited to dive in. Um, but I will swing over to you, Rodrigo, because we, uh, <clears throat> at least I don't think I, I, I wasn't on the episode where you guys discussed The Force Awakens back in 2015. But I believe, except for Rogue One, every Star Wars movie has been discussed on this, uh, on either the playlist, one of, this was the playlist podcast, or the discourse, whatever the iteration of the show had been. Uh, every mm-hmm. Star Wars movie of this era has been discussed. Um, I know you've notably been on record of being not a huge fan of the last two that have come out, um, mm-hmm. even though I know you like Star Wars as a whole, but you've been a little cool on the last two movies. Um so I'll ask you, uh, what did you what did you ultimately feel coming out of uh, the Rise of Skywalker? Yeah, like I guess I could say, if I even think about like if I get, you brought some interesting context there because I totally forgot about that we had spoken about all those movies on this podcast, and then I, if I think about all the Star Wars movies of the Disney uh, generation, I guess if you want to call it that. I can kind of, I guess, if I think about them all, I don't like really any of them except for Rogue One. Um, that's about the only one that I really liked. Um, I don't think that, like, The Last Jedi is something that, like, I am... I've seen it a bunch of times, so my kids always watch it. I, I don't. I wouldn't say I dislike it, but it doesn't really 
do much for me. I can get more into that later because I think there's um, some really excellent qualities to it. But um, anyhow, so uh, to mirror what to what Lindsay said, I um, came into it not knowing any of the spoilers. I didn't look on anything. I fortunately tuned it all out. I didn't read much stuff online at all. Anyhow, I didn't know anything about the plot or anything. I think I watched one teaser trailer and um, and just uh, assuming that J.J. was going to um, undermine The Last Jedi, which I didn't I, I didn't think I, I didn't like that idea at all, even though I'm not a huge fan of it. Um, I liked all of Ryan's choices that he made in the movie. So I, I was and I just kind of assumed that I was going to dislike it. And then the Star Wars uh, discourse started up and, and I just basically by the time I got into the seat, my my expectations were in the toilet and I could have kind of cared less. I just had no interest um, I was sort of just sick of it all, and I was like, fine, just whatever. If it's good, it's good, great. If it's bad, it's bad. I don't have any emotional investment. And and to be fair, I think I go through that that kind of cycle every few years, where like I get excited for Star Wars, and then I'm just like, I, I feel I get I get burned by it. I feel disappointed and betrayed by it, and I have to like just turn my back on it emotionally. Uh, although I'm a Obviously, well, I don't know, obviously, but I am a big fan. I have been a lifelong fan of this thing since I was a kid. Um, uh, but then I, I don't know. I, I kind of like this movie. I, uh, um, I, I think, uh, what's his name? Uh, our, our friend uh, Robert Daniels, he, he wrote a headline for his Cats review, which is, um, Cats is trash, but I adored it too because I'm trash. Um, and I feel like that could be me about like uh, 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 Rise of, of Skywalker, which I think in some ways is if I use my – I have to break it down to like my intellectual mind and my emotional mind. And if I think about it, it, it like basically people would say like, well, what about this? What about this? And it's like I can't argue any of the stuff that people are complaining about. I'm like, you're right. That, that's writing is terrible. No, no, no. You're right. You're right. You're right. I don't argue any of it. But emotionally, a lot of it worked for me um, in surprising ways, like things that are actively corny that I know are corny. But meanwhile, I'm kind of tearing up and, and getting feels. And I'm like, and I just at some certain point, I was like, do I like this movie? I'm not even sure. In the first like little bit, I was like, what the hell? This thing's so plot heavy. It's so like exposition heavy. I'm like, what's going on? And then it just kind of like, I don't know. I just sort of was going on this ride and I was sort of enjoying it. And I, I don't know if I turned off my brain consciously or not, but I was just like, I'm kind of going, I'm enjoying this and I'm kind of just going to go with it. And I stopped writing anything down. Um, I stopped taking notes and I just went along with it. And I kind of, I kind of really enjoyed it and in a, in a sort of pleasurable, fun, thrilling kind of way. It's obviously doesn't have um, a lot of emotional complexity. It doesn't have a lot of complexity, period. Um, but I don't know, it kind of worked for me. And, and I'm always a big believer of like, just trusting your gut and trusting your emotions and how you feel about things. You can look back on them later and be like, wow, was I wrong? Um, and maybe I will, although I don't really have much desire to see it again as, as is the norm for me. But I don't know. I thought Daisy Ridley, who I was never quite sure of as an actress, I thought she fucking was great in this. I thought Adam Driver was great in this. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, Kylo and 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 uh, and Ray is the absolute best element of 
this entire new franchise, which is pretty iffy for me, but they were always the best element, which is the reason why Last Jedi to me is 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 better than one of the reasons I don't like Force Awakens is because the the Ray Kylo thing wasn't even really developed back then. It didn't really take off until uh, the Last Jedi, and it really uh, blooms in this and gets a little bit more complex and, and it's interesting and and um, yeah, I thought those two were, were really really great. Um, the others are, are pretty good too. I think Poe and Finn, as much as they are like kind of non-entities and kind of um, uh, kind of the same character in some ways, um, uh, their uh, sort of brotherly love hate kind of big brother little brother thing kind of uh, was sort of interesting. And I don't know. I um, yeah, I, I kind of liked it. Oh, that's no, that's totally understandable. I, I think that you know you can. When, when you look at something through the and like lens of being emotionally engaged, like if you're emotionally engaged, it's sort of anything else that's ancillary doesn't matter at that point. Like you're, you're emotionally locked in. Uh, you can yeah. shut that part of your that, brain out. And, and that's, yeah. I, yep. And I totally get that. I think we, I think all three of us here have ha- probably had experiences like that in the past. So I totally, totally understand that. Um, you know, I would be lying if I didn't, I would be lying if I said I didn't have at least a couple moments that I felt genuine emotion watching this movie, like emotionally affecting. And I do think that, um, and I think we'll get to a lot of this in spoilers for sure, but I do think that anything in this movie that does work for me does come down to the cast. I I, I think because I do think this cast is strong and I do like their interplay with one another. Um, I did not like how plot heavy it was as you hinted in the beginning, but I did like (laughs) that everybody was all together and playing off one another. Um, But ultimately I do fall more on the negative side with this movie. Um, It didn't do a lot for me. Uh, You know, like I said, there's a couple moments of genuine emotion. We can get to that. Uh, I do think the cast works really well. Um, and, and it's one of those things, it's a lot of the problems that I had, I'll be as nondescript as I can, um, but it's a lot of issues that I had with The Force Awakens, I guess with that movie, mm. that movie didn't have, I feel like that movie had a little bit more of a safety net from the standpoint of like, you know, it's coming off the prequels, which were pretty, you know, universally not liked, and so even though it ha- is a, you know, structurally a New Hope 2.0, it had... It had the advantage of sort of making Star Wars feel like, you know, what the original trilogy was. And so I think that helped a lot. And, you know, they uh, JJ and his team with that movie had a hand in introducing this pretty terrific new cast of characters. So there was a, there was investment in the new, there was investment in the old, and then Ryan Johnson comes and does The Last Jedi and, you know, takes his characters in different directions, uh, exciting directions. I totally understand. I know, Rod, you and I have talked ad nauseum about The Last Jedi. Um, you know, we talked about it on a podcast. Uh, I am certainly more of a fan of that movie. I, I like that movie a lot. I like the creative decisions that it makes. I like that it, you know, branches off and doesn't say that, you know, like, I, I like the creative decisions it makes to the point where I don't feel like this movie is a deli- deliberate betrayal i don't think it's a deliberate mean-spiritedness and i think brian Telerico said it best in his review over at rogerebert.com that dropped today of like jj abrams made a sequel to the force awakens he did not make a sequel to the last that's, Jedi. and that's, that's very very fair yeah and that's and that's you know and i do think like your your opinion is going to vary on this movie depending on where you land like yes plot threads 
from The Last Jedi factor into this, but thematically, it squashes just about everything that The Last Jedi stood for, that The Last Jedi was about, like, you know, kill the Mm -hmm. past, kill the past, bury it if you have to. Uh, You know, the Force is not exclusive. It is inclusive. Anybody could have it. Uh, the final shot of the movie with the young kid on the farm with the broom, you know, the, these all these ideas that had not been introduced into Star Wars before, and then you get to this movie, and it's like, LOL, Raffle, JK, the Emperor's back. Like, it's, that's basically <laughs> how I felt by the end of this movie, of just like, you know, it it it, it was frustrating, taking a movie that I, I really adore, uh, the, the creative choices it made, and really not going with them, um, and, and, you know, it's kind of like you said, Rodrigo, like you, I know you're saying like, you're like, I can't argue any of that, but you enjoyed the movie. I totally understand <laughs> that. But I think a lot of that really buried it for me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I certainly think that like, yeah, if you're a huge last Jedi fan, I mean, that's one of the things I was, I was like, oh my God, last Jedi fans are going to fucking detest this movie. <laughs> but I will say that last Jedi fans are kind of strange in a way that like, They've become, and, and apologies to, to the two Last Jedi fans on this podcast, but some of them have become this sort of, like, Stanish cult for that movie in this way that's, like, really, really hardcore and that they seem to only accept, like, that as the new Star Wars and um, where I still see Star Wars as a whole, a thing, like, and, and, and I don't know... Uh, uh, I, yeah, if you if you adore that movie, you're gonna you're gonna hate this one because this movie um, uh, undoes it. But this movie to me is also like it's not dissimilar to the call and response of Empire Strikes Back and uh, uh, Return of the Jedi. It's a very kind of similar kind of call and response. One is the middle chapter of darkness, which you can do anything because there's no end, and essentially you have the carte blanche to like do whatever the hell you want without within reason. Um, the whole object of that uh, middle uh, uh, installment is to is to create conflict and conflict and, and 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 losses and defeats for the for the heroes to the point that they feel like there's no hope for them, and so you kind of. I, I consciously or not, I think if you're going you're gonna you're gonna think about the way those the two original films interplay with one another. And just as into closing the trilogy, my argument to some is that like if Ryan Johnson had delivered uh, or had directed this one, obviously it's not gonna be the rise of Skywalker, but I don't think it's gonna be as dark and as weird as as uh, as uh, the middle chapter. I, I think he would also recognize that like I gotta close this thing out. Um, I got to tie this whole thing together. Um, I think he had sort of the freedom to like, you know, fuck around a little bit. Um, and I think this movie doesn't quite ignore everything about the last Jedi, although obviously the key elements, it definitely does discard and there's huge erasure, uh, throughout, but the interesting, the, the, the interesting thread that, that, um, JJ picks up on is the sort of, and I know people hate it and I'm like, come on, you liked it in last Jedi, but like the advancement of force powers and revealing new force powers, which is something that George Lucas does through the original, uh, trilogy. Um, and then, uh, in the prequels and introducing little things. And then it's sort of been forgotten in force awakens and Ryan Johnson picks up on that thread and, um, JJ runs with that as well. Yeah, I I think like I mean, just to speak as probably someone that the people think is like a last Jedi stand above like all else. Um, 
I really, I mean, my experience with Star Wars, I, I love The Last Jedi. It is my favorite Star Wars movie, but I also loved The Force Awakens and I love the prequels. Like I, I genuinely have affection for all mm-hmm. of Star Wars. And so my place of, of disliking this movie it doesn't come from from that so much. Like I think some people on Twitter were asking me, like, "Oh, do you like you know? Do you hate it because of the Last Jedi stuff or the story?" And I, for me, it's just kind of a, a mess in general. I found the pacing really, really like stressful almost, and <laughs> I just didn't have fun with it really because I couldn't really keep track of much of what was going on. Um, I. I don't know. It, it didn't have that sense of like whimsy to me that something like Return of the Jedi has and a sense of like place, which is something that Return of the Jedi has. You know, you're on Endor for much of that film, which gives it some of its emotional stakes. And I just felt like this movie was zipping all over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I don't think J.J. Abrams knows how to world build like worth a shit. And I think it's really evident in something like this where no planet really feels distinct, even though you, you kind of spend time on so many different ones. Um yeah, I don't know. It just it felt very cobbled together to me. And it felt like J.J. Abrams on like steroids, like it, everything that he is guilty of felt like it was in this movie and then like dialed up to 10. So I don't know. For me, it was less like even a Star Wars problem and more just just structurally. I, I don't know. There's a lot to get into. Cause that's I, I really do... that's really fair. I totally agree yeah. with that. And just to echo your point about that. I mean, the guy got the guy who wrote an incredibly stressful moving at a crazy pace movie called Argo. And <laughs> it's, it's not unlike that kind of like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And definitely. it's like, and I think I, maybe that was JJ's original idea or something. And then he goes, I'm going to get the guy who does Argo because you're totally right. This movie gives you fucking whiplash. Yeah. It like it, 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 it just like you're where you're here. You're where you're what, what the fuck is going on? It like, it moves insane and and in a way that I didn't find convoluted. And that's one word I've heard a lot online. People say convoluted. I didn't say, I don't know if it's convoluted, but um, I, I suppose I totally agree with anyone who does think that just because it does move at this stressful kind of whiplashy pace. And it, I, I'm not going to argue that it's not a mess. Yeah. I think uh, like a lot of, a lot of, great points here uh well number one i was gonna say argo but let's not forget he also had a hand in batman versus superman dawn of justice as well Mm -hmm. so uh so like you know i think there's a lot of you know i'm not i'm not gonna like pin the blame for anything wrong on this on like chris terrio or anything like that but just you know but the track record there is is not strong for sure um but the other thing i I did want to bring up and and i I agree with Lindsay a lot of just like i do think this movie yet it is frustrating for sure especially as you know people who who like the last jedi it is frustrating that this movie does dismantle a lot of those themes but it isn't the it isn't the achilles heel to it necessarily it is that the movie itself is pretty like clunky and um yeah it moves at this breakneck pace and like i agree I wanted to go back real quick what you said, Rodrigo, about, like, if Ryan Johnson had done this movie, like, the freedom mm-hmm. to have it be, like, the dark, weird movie would not be there. Mm-hmm. I completely agree with that. You have to wrap up the trilogy. Like, you have to wrap it up. That's just sort of the mechanics of this structure yeah. of storytelling. Totally understandable. But I also just feel... I'm not going to say that this movie is about nothing, but I just feel like it's a little, <laughs> but it's a little bit empty. Whereas like, I look at other, like uh, as far as like saga trilogy enders recently movies that for who that may be flawed for whatever reason. 
have something to say even within their mechanics of happening, wrapping up the trilogy. I think of The Dark Knight Rises. I think of War for the Planet of the Apes. However flawed either of those movies are, um, mm. I just feel like they have something to say. They have something to say within the story that they're trying to tell while also wrapping up the two movies that have told before. So I, I think that's also where I come, like where I just come down not on the positive with this movie, where it's like, yeah, there's some good stuff. Like, like I said, there's some, some good character stuff, but ultimately I just feel like thematically, I'm, I feel pretty, pretty empty by the end of this movie. And I think that's where I come down of like, yeah, I expected, you know, you have to wrap it up. I expected that it wasn't going to be the, like the, some weird, crazy, subversive thing. Like you, you have to adhere to a certain deal, but I guess I just did not expect it to be as sort of clunky and messy and sort of empty as it was. Yeah. For me, it was also like on top of it being clunky and messy. Like I, like I said, I love all of Star Wars, but the sequel trilogy has really been like my favorite access point to Star Wars really. And I think it's just because I loved these new characters so much, all of them. Like, I think if one thing we can really give credit to JJ Abrams for, it's that he's amazing at creating characters and he's amazing at casting them. And so like, I know you guys are already saying the praise of the cast. I agree with all of that. I've been so invested in these characters. I've written so much about them. I love them. I think about them a lot. And for me, literally all of them are failed in this movie. Like I just, I don't think any of them get a plot that really is deserving of them and that was like where you know i'm i'm frustrated with a lot of it but that's like where like the heartbreak kind of comes in for me is that i just wanted different things and it's not so much in expectations i didn't have like a checklist of things i wanted to happen to them but it's more just like i didn't feel like they were served and that to me is like on top of it feeling like it doesn't have much of a message uh that was like really what kind of soured the whole the whole thing for me and kind of sours the trilogy even though i can still appreciate it in parts that's totally fair you, you know it's it's rough when the best arc is uh c3po in this movie yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah he's got a great arc i will give credit there because he he's pretty sidelined in the last couple movies and uh I, I actually enjoyed my time with with c3po in this movie but yeah i do i i would agree i think that a lot of the characters e- even if there was um, and God, again, we'll, we'll get to spoilers here soon because it's really hard to tiptoe around <laughs> it. But um, I do feel even if their story arcs did not quite conclude in a satisfying way, there were a couple emotional moments that did. Yeah. Like they were like, it was like, I felt like at odds where I'm like, I am emotionally engaged in what is happening right now as my analytical brain is going like, wait, what? Why are we here <laughs> in that way? So I... I I understand the the like push and pull, but I do agree. I think like overall, a lot of the arcs are are uh, are let down in this movie, and then in you know we'll get into more specifics. But like the, and then the finale to me in this movie is just just kind of bad. Period. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I think, like I was kind of like teetering back and forth in the first ninety minutes of this movie, but the last forty, I was just like, oh 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 no, um, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Yeah, I just kind of started laughing at one point in the like the third act, and the, just to cope, <laughs> I think. Like, uh, so I I don't know if that that's a good sign, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, do we have any other thoughts? It sounds like we're getting pretty close to uh, you know exhausting our non-spoiler thoughts, but I figured I'd ask you guys before we swing into spoilers if there's any other thoughts. My only thing about the thematic thing, which I totally agree with you, is I don't know if any of the star Wars movies uh, have 
really as or or and most Star Wars movies aren't really about that much. You know what I mean? When you think like, what's this really about? Um, they don't really, you know, they don't really have that other than mystic things of heroes. Whereas the last Jedi definitely does. So yeah. I don't, I, 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 I think that's a, a fair thing to be let down upon, but I don't like if I, I, I mean, I'd have to think about it, but like, you know, like throughout the whole things, they're not, super deep and super layered in terms of like what they're really about like they're about whereas i think the last jedi has that like to an immense degree um because it's got so much of that of like you know like destroy the past to get to the future which is it's such a weird because i think it's so brilliant that the movie is like about that and doing that at the same time it's like tearing down star wars so star wars can live and meanwhile it's about tearing out star wars so these people can live i think like the, the last jedi is like my favorite movie that i think in paper in theory in paper is like the most brilliant thing but i think so much of the execution is off that it doesn't do it for me um but uh anyhow i just wanted to point that out that i don't and i don't i'm curious of what you guys think about that but like i i think that one's really about something whereas i i, I don't know if any of the other star wars movies are or other than like you know like Rogue One's about sacrifice, but it's it's not it's not on that same kind of like level. It's not the complexity is much much different. For example, I think. sure, I, I I think I would agree to that at a certain point, and I I can't believe I can't believe you are gonna make me be a prequel defender for a brief second, but <laughs> I hate that you passed that to me. I'd argue the prequels are about more. I mean, th- talk about clunky execution for sure in just about sure. every facet, but I would say that those ones are about more, especially when you get into like the, the political aspect and the time that they were made. And then you get to the like, really like, you know, tragic elements of the, the chosen one, not ultimately being no totally one. but that's yeah. still kind of a lot of plot like i think the prequels are some one of the greatest stories ever told or at least a, the 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 idea like it's like it's it's a faustian tale it's like it, it, what if jesus was you know born and he was taken you know didn't wasn't killed and then he became the chosen and then he's he turned it's a the massive tragedy it's like a it's like a massive greek play i think on on paper like I, i've said this a million times but that movie needs to be remade and, and someone needs to like strip it of all star Wars stuff and retell the story of essentially like a, a chosen boy who the tragedy of, of, of a fall from grace. I think it's such a, a, like just like the skeleton of it, I think is an amazing story, but I, I still don't know if that, I think that's still kind of a lot of myth and plot and not the quite the same thing I'm talking about. You know what I mean? Sure. I, I, I get where you're coming from. Like I, I do think it's inarguable in a, in a certain aspect because these are yes, they are so much about myth. They are so much about, uh, you know, they're just they're just steeped so heavily in myth. And and you know, if I do think of the, um, you know, if I think of the original trilogy, which I, I think just about everybody on this microphone is you know holds uh, to a, a certain level of loving them. Like yes, they aren't about maybe much more than themselves. Yes, they're based on old adventure serials and Akira Kurosawa. Like the you know, it's based on. Those things, I, I understand that entirely. Um, so I, I I agree while also, I guess, just ultimately being even even on the level, even on the level of this movie, maybe not being about much, which, again, would fit in with a lot of other Star Wars movies. I, I just still think structurally and, and character wise and, and, you know, there's just a lot that I'm I'm still disappointed in. Um, but I don't I agree with to your point that, um, 
you know, that there, that there is, you know, it's more about their own little worlds than as opposed to greater, um, as opposed to, again, The Last Jedi, which is about so much more. Yeah, I think so, anyhow, but... Yeah, I agree. For sure. Um, well, cool. I think, I think it's a good time to swing into spoilers. Um, so, uh, yeah, if you're listening and you haven't seen The Rise of Skywalker yet, uh, turn away. We are going to get into spoilers for this movie starting right now. <laughs> Um, I'm wondering how we should do this in the event because this movie does zip along so much as we kind of discussed in the non-spoiler section. It's like, do we almost want to take it apart like section by section uh, as much as we can recall from it? Because uh, I, I do, again, I feel like there's so much to talk about and we could easily get lost kind of jumping from thing to thing. Yeah, I think I think maybe more th- one of the, things is, is to talk about rather than like, cause if you go like in this part and this part, we're going to get really in the weeds where I think is that everyone just sort of like, like, what do you think of like either, either like your biggest problems with it and the specific things and, or like, what do you think about like, you know, the, like, for example, like race, race, you know, new reveal or whatever. Like, you know, that's a, that's a <laughs> the pretty much the biggest key turning point. Right. Sure thing. Yeah. Do- we could do it by character too. Maybe if you want to, I don't know that's if that's a, an easy yeah. way to, to break it down just because like, yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great idea um, because yeah, I, I think that's a good point. We would totally get in the weeds because yeah. you know they jump from planet to planet and a lot of that doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. So yeah, yeah why don't we start with character? And I think I, we should probably start with Ray. I think that's probably the, <laughs> the most logical point. Um, and Lindsay, I want to start with you. Um, you know, you host a, a, a terrific podcast dedicated to uh, the relationship between Ray and Kylo Ren. And I know you've, you've written great, great pieces about this in the past as well. Um, you know, so I'll, I'll start with you. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely curious about what you thought of, of her overall concluding arc for this movie. Yeah, I pretty much hated everything about it, um, which is <laughs> just really devastating to me. Ray is my very favorite character in all of Star Wars. I really latched on to her in Force Awakens. I mean, we're introduced to her on Jakku in this sort of lonely place. You know, I think her whole intro scene in that movie is really beautiful. And it it just made me feel at one with her, I guess. She's just got, been kind of my entry point into this franchise in a really big and meaningful way. Um, you know, somebody who kind of comes from nowhere and, and whatever. And so that, that's been a very important theme for me throughout these two movies. You know, The Force Awakens is all about, you know, Maz Kaneda tells her it's it's what lies a bit, like ahead of you that really matters. And The Last Jedi is about her letting go of the things that are holding her back. And this movie just tosses both of those things to the wind and makes her a Palpatine, which is, to me one of the stupidest reveals ever and doesn't fit thematically with anything that we know about her and just feels like a gotcha moment to appease people that didn't think that her powers could come from herself. Of course they have to come from a man. It just felt like everything (laughs) about her was, was suddenly made way more small and way less interesting to me. And even though she has this kind of interesting arc throughout this, this film where she's tempted by darkness and whatnot, it didn't feel like her own thing, if that makes sense. Like her journey in the last Jedi is so personal, really even in the force awakens. And it's through Kylo that she kind of realizes she's not alone. And, And I agree with what Rodrigo was saying in the beginning, which is that, 
their relationship I think is the strongest part in the sequel trilogy and and yeah just to, to there's just something so disappointing about listening to all of her exposition be delivered by other people in this movie, you know, Kylo kind of telling her everything and telling us everything. It just, it, it really robbed her of her own story to me. And then also just, you know, to hop right along to the end, her ending up alone, I guess. I don't really understand the ending at all. Um, what that's supposed to signify, but just knowing that she, you know, connected with Ben, that they had this moment and, this thing that she really fought for the last two movies and then he just dies <laughs> it's just such a bleak ending to me for this character it's like not only was this really important thing about the the force being democratized and that being a central part of her story not only was that just like all for nothing but i don't know i i just i was so disappointed with it and i feel so bad for daisy ridley because i think she's amazing in the movie and i really want to enjoy that performance but I don't know. It didn't work for me. Yeah, it, it that especially that ending where it, you know to to maybe jump into that last forty minutes in the non spoiler where uh, you know t- we we you know discussed that it's a bit of a mess. It's like in the four, last forty minutes, it becomes completely Return of the Jedi rehash. It, it, yeah, it becomes exactly that same you know the same uh, dogfight that's happening. It, it becomes the uh, the, the new appointed Jedi stands off against Palpatine where you have the, and then you have the conflicted Sith uh, who ultimately gets redeemed. And I, I was, I do agree. I, th- I think like it is a bummer, I think for their relationship, but I do, I, I, I a little bit understand at least with Kylo because it's like, you know, again, with that return of the Jedi thing, because Darth Vader dies at the end of that. And that's how he gets redeemed to be a Jedi and the afterlife. So it's like, I, I get that, and especially because Kylo Ren has killed many, many, many people, so he probably has to die, but I do think that's frustrating, and ultimately, um, I mean, I just agree with you. Said what you said. I, I, fe- I think we all feared that in this movie that, that Rey's lineage was going to get tacked on to somebody we know, um, and I, I have to quote, because it's too good a quote, I, I got to quote Rodrigo when we talked about uh, Solo um, last year, uh, where he talk- we talked about how, like, you know, we run into all these familiar characters, and Rodrigo, you said you grew up in southern Ontario, and you're like, it's like the galaxy of southern Ontario, and everybody is running yeah. into one another, and it just, it, it, again, it just, it makes the Force exclusive again. Uh, yeah. and, and that's, I think, an infuriating thing. And, and it's like that moment where we know. I mean, I think like we all knew in the movie that that moment on uh, whatever pl- planet it is. I don't even remember what planet. It's the one that looks like Tatooine but isn't Tatooine. And um, and and Kylo and Rey are um, pulling that uh, cargo ship back and forth. And yeah. she shoots the Force Lightning. And, of course, everybody knows that Force Lightning can only be done by a Sith, not by a Jedi. So... It was like that moment, it's like, it's kind of a jaw-dropping moment for a second, but then you realize the implications behind it before it even happens. So it's like you're ahead of the movie at that point, and you go, oh no, oh no, (laughs) they've made a great mistake. The only thing I thought, maybe, and I still wouldn't have liked it, but is, and there was that theory going around about being the reincarnation of Darth Plagueis. Um, Mm -hmm. Did either of you hear about that? Um, yeah, yeah which ties into this movie the whole resurrection is part of that it is part of it for sure which i mean yes they do with with palpatine but that's that's what i thought at least but then it's like oh no your your parents were nothing but your grandfather and it's just it it felt like it felt like a cop-out especially when that line happened where it's, it's a, like it's a huge cheat it's yeah a, you're it's like a, yeah your parents were still from nothing but dot 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 
Oh. It's also, it makes no sense. I mean, not to like just immediately start comparing it to Last Jedi, but the whole like, you know, Kylo delivering that bit of exposition to her in The Last Jedi, that was him reading her mind. You know, and like, that's what people are always like, he was lying to her. And it's like, well, how would he know who her parents were? He was literally just telling her what he's sensing that she already knows. And in this movie, it kind of just makes it sound like, no, he really just like, I guess Palpatine told him, but like, just thematically, it's so weird. He's like, I didn't lie to you. I just told you something else. And it's like, in the first place, you weren't lying to her. You were just saying what she, you know, was, was fearing. It's just, it's very clunkily handled and like, just definitely reeks of like, none of this was thought out in any meaningful way. And that's what I, yeah. It's pretty bad. I mean, I, I, I like, I, I, I'm, I mean, I'm still sort of surprised with my reaction, even just discussing this. It's like, to me, it's really incredibly insulting and not to Ryan Johnson as personal, just like, as like, come on, this is what was set up. Just deal with what you have. Don't do it. Like, come on. It's not about being like a gentleman or anything like that. To me, I I, I could like, you know, if I was tasked with that writing that movie and I, again, I'm not a huge fan of last Jedi, I would just be like, okay, well, that's, that's what's set up. And you can play with that in some ways because yes, we don't know exactly Kylo Ren's intentions. Um, which is kind of brilliant in the way, which is part of the good writing. As a, that's like we're not quite sure: is he sensing? Does he really know? And of course, like you just said, like no, this one sort of suggests that yeah, he just he just knew everything. Um, so I will totally agree with you that I think that's shit. I'm surprised it didn't ruin the movie for me right there, and I didn't walk up walk out out of it right after that. And I'm could kind of wouldn't surprise. I wouldn't fault anyone who just was like fuck you, got up and laughed at that because it's really fucking stupid. It's a huge cheat and it's really, really, really fucking insulting and dumb. Um, you know what's I, also, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. No, um, no, no, please go ahead. Just to add another thing, the, the other really insulting part about that is something that is not mentioned in this movie, which is in The Last Jedi where Kylo says they sold you off for drinking money, implying yeah. that they were like scrubs, you know? And yeah, to me, totally. to me, that was such a powerful story. Your parents could be absolutely absolute garbage assholes who leave you behind and that doesn't define like who you get to be you know you can still be a hero and robbing that from her to me is just so so awful (laughs) it's just like that that to me is the worst thing that this movie does is just taking that strain and taking that away from from children who would see that and latch onto it and find meaning and knowing like I come from this garbage dump situation yeah but But maybe you secretly have have to define me I I will not be like the legacy of my shitty parents or whatever. I can be my yeah. own, I can have my own agency. I can do my own thing. Yeah, totally. I loved all that stuff. And I, and I, and I hated the, the, the reveal. I will say this, not to defend that thing, just a little thing, just a detour about what Ryan said about like the, um, uh, uh, the, the electricity thing. What I'm, I've gotten into Star Wars again. I like hate Star Wars. I love Star Wars. Um, I, like I, I always think I hate it, and the next thing I know, I'm like sucked into something. And so, like over the years, when Force Awakens and and uh, uh, um, uh, the uh, Last Jedi disappointed me, I turned to the animated things, and not on purpose. It was just sort of like my kids were like, "We'll watch this." I was like, "Okay, fine." And I started watching Star Wars Rebels, and I really got into Star Wars Rebels. In fact, I think Star Wars Rebels is the best. Um, 
post uh, or Disney uh, uh, Lucasfilm Star Wars thing there is. I love Star Wars Rebels. Um, I got into the Clone Wars and 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 this and one of the things I find really interesting about that. In fact, I watched after watching Star Wars Rebels, I started appreciating the Last Jedi more um, because one of the ideas that it sort of picks up on is that like the Force is is very mysterious and there's no there's no like lightning comes from Sith. It, that's more like a um, that's what we've seen, but just because we've seen it and those are the established rules don't essentially mean that they are rules. Like there's a kind of, um, Star Wars Rebels did this sort of beautiful thing with this kind of mysterious, ambiguous suggestion that like the force is just this thing that you cannot pin down in this way that you think like, Oh, you can only do this with it. No, well, you've only seen this, these things happen in these movies. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's, it's almost always evolving and changing and 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 rebels who gave me a total newfound appreciation for the weirder things of, of how what ryan johnson does with the force because it's like oh you know leia can't do the spacewalk it's like well actually the force can do so many things you just don't even know right yeah. because it's like it's this it's this and, it's and raw. It, yeah it is it, it, it's that's that's the thing too it's raw but it's also something that it, it's it's not something that i detest which is I always hate things that are like this infinite power that's like, oh, well, nothing can beat like Superman. Like nothing can defeat this character. This can compare characters invulnerable. Nothing matters because nothing can stop this. I don't feel like that is that with the force. I feel like it's more just this um, uh, 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 porous, amorphous thing that's just evolving and changing. And um, so I, I like all the force shift things that happens in this movie. Some of them, yes, are a little bit convenient. And not as well um, as written as um, uh, as some of the things that, that Ryan does. But um, going back through those things and just seeing the mythology of it, I, I really, really do actually like the idea that you can't pin down the force as being this kind of one thing. And then these are sort of established rules. They're just things that you, you've happened to see, but there's millions of people with it, or there was. And, and, and its limits and its possibilities are always sort of like in flux and changing just like in the sort of sp strange spiritual way that you can never pin down. So I, that's just one thing I want to kind of defend because I, and I feel like the animated movies or animated shows gave me sort of a, a new found appreciation for that. Yeah, I agree with that. Unfortunately, I don't think JJ Abrams knows anything about the forest or cares. <laughs> like to me, I didn't get a sense that he like, feels that way about it, you know? And that that's frustrating because I think there are some fun force things in here. I think like Ray kind of floating in the beginning was really cool. And I, I do think that there's like stuff that he, the, the force healing is very cool. I do think mm -hmm. that like there are certain things, but I, I don't know that it's like, I felt like Ryan Johnson really had this like primal understanding, like you say of, of the force being nature and good and bad and mm -hmm. everything all in one. And yeah. you see that illustrated. And this movie just once again is like, bah, lightning bad. <laughs> it's just kind of like, I don't know. I don't feel like he has that mythical kind of storytelling that, that Ryan Johnson does. And it really clashes with some of what's going on. Yeah. So, I mean, he's just, I, I think to put it in a simple term, He's just not as, as complex a human being and his yeah. writing and everything. He's kind of like, I, I don't know, this kind of sort of sounds mean, but he's, he's almost like a dullard in comparison. And uh, this is also coming from someone who like loves Ryan Johnson in theory, but doesn't really love a lot of his movies as much as I want to adore every single one of them. But they just, uh, but that's another whole other tangent, but, um, <clears throat> well, and I think I, I kind of think the guy's brilliant. 
Oh, for sure. And I think I think I mentioned this, you know, on a uh, uh, maybe some thread we were on um, yesterday uh, uh, of just from the standpoint of like, you know, I, I've I've there's some J.J. Abrams movies I have liked. I really do like the Star Trek 2009, like even as a big Star Trek fan, I know a lot of like other Trekkers don't really care for that movie. But I, I think it, it does a really good job of what he has sort of become about as a filmmaker of this just like I of the like one foot in the past while like looking forward but I feel like that's his only hand and I feel like he's played that consistently between the two Star Trek movies he's made now the two Star Wars movies he's made and Super 8 as well and it's just like you know it just feels very um you know it just feels very homagey which that can be great I you know it's it's just being an homage doesn't inherently make it a bad thing but I just think like with that for me with that 09 Star Trek, it's like you found a storyline that actually fit that theme you were going for. Um, but then you look at like, you know, four years from that, it's like Star Trek from dark into darkness comes out. And it's like, that movie makes a lot of the same mistakes that this movie makes of like, you know, just, uh, tying characters together and like withholding information for convenience sake. And then like doling out that information in a way that's like super clunky. Like, you know, you were talking about the, the reveal of Ray's parentage. Like I think of the scene in star Trek into darkness where John Harrison in air quotes has that speech where he reveals himself to be con. And it's like, well, okay, this is a new timeline. And, uh, to these new, this is a speech for an audience that already saw this coming. And then to like the new, enterprise crew they'd be like well who the fuck are you like it, it just <laughs> like yeah. sorry sorry to go off on a star trek tangent on our star wars episode but it, it's just uh you know i've just i've just really soured on him as a filmmaker um and I, I i think he's a good like he's a good producer i don't think there's like he's been a part of movies that are good he's a good producer of television um it's like he him stuffing 47 plot lines into a two hour and 20 minute movie doesn't work and it's very clear that he's just more you know more fit for television yeah i think no go ahead go ahead sorry i was gonna say there i remember someone saying the quote that jj is like the best casting director in hollywood and i think that's like a very accurate description of him (laughs) like i think he's very good at finding people and like making casts with really incredible chemistry and like you know giving people a jumping off point but i just don't think he knows like what to do beyond like the next step that's for sure. I mean, I think that's very clear looking at both Force Awakens and Star Trek 09. I mean, the, yeah. the cast he assembled for that new Star Trek series is incredible, and they play yeah. off each other so well. Uh, and that's part of the joy of that one, and that's why there's even some joy in like the next two sequels, because uh, the cast plays so well with one another. And that's where I feel like the, the, the little bits of joy that I felt with this movie is because that cast still really works well together. But yeah, it, yeah. It, he doesn't really know story-wise what to do. And it, yeah, Into Darkness shows it. Rise of Skywalker shows it. But yeah, that's my piece on J.J. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I'm not a huge fan of J.J. I don't think I like anything he's really done except for maybe Super 8. Um, I can't think of anything that he's done otherwise that I like. Um, I think what his strengths are for this movie is probably what his strengths are overall. He's just incredibly good at making propulsive filmmaking. Um, and, uh, I, and in some ways, I wouldn't be surprised if I had to sit down and analyze this movie and watch it more, um, that I would probably dislike it more. And that, um, that maybe some of like the things that like the propulsiveness, the thrills, and the sort of emotional nostalgia are maybe the things that kind of maybe bowled me over. I mean, it's really weird because, like, I mean, I'm jumping around a little bit, but like, so. 
I said months ago, like, I'm like, if, seriously, if they do have gay sex backing up, I'm going to just, like, laugh my ass off. It's going to be the dumbest thing in the world. Please don't do a fucking day of sex. Not gonna, you just saw it in an end game, and come on, just don't do that, please. And then they do it here, and um, I started, like, burst out laughing, but it was also kind of strangely inspiring this idea that, like, people did come, you know, I don't know what it would, and I kind of, it sounds so lame, but I kind of started crying. Like, I, I'm laughing and crying at the same time. I recognize that this is the fucking stupidest thing, the thing I did not want. And you got this, this, the idea, this sort of, like, um, this, the, the idea of the brotherhood, the togetherness. And it's something that's pretty corny, too. But it kind of got me. I, I, I just have to be completely honest. Like, it's, and, and that's sort of my experience with the film, you know? It's like like this sort of like that, that, that kind of the unity, especially like, I know that sounds corny too. Like the whole idea that we're so torn as society and stuff like that. But there was something about that, that really uh, touched a nerve with me about this. Like that, like we can do this if we can, if we can be, if we can band together and just, you know, try and, I don't know that that sort of stand against something um, that's really fucking awful, uh, like sort of resonates to me in the world. And, and I, I'm kind of a real, big political person and, and everything that goes on. So I don't know. There, there was something about that, 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 that resonated with me on a, on a primal visceral level, but I recognize that it's fucking stupid. And, and I don't want to see fucking the end of return of the Jedi again, or return of the Jedi because you already did a new hope. And now he's like the last 40 minutes, he's redoing return of the Jedi again, which I totally recognize. And I'm like, what, you know, but I'm, <laughs> I don't know. So it's a, a complicated, complicated thing for me, but I'm being honest about it. I mean, that's understandable, right? It's, it's, you know, I think that's, you know, we've mentioned many times already through this episode. It's like when you have that primal reaction to something, um, you know, I, I wish I could think of an example, but I, um, specifically, but I'm, I'm sure I've had that where it's like, I enjoy this and it's affecting me on an emotional level, even though I recognize that it's like garbage, like <laughs> it just doesn't work. So I the other, the other thing I'll, I'll say about that just, just quickly is that I wouldn't be surprised if I lined up all those movies, the, the new trilogy, and I counted the amount of, of time. Like if I, I would never do this because I, I don't care. But if I did and, and looked at like how much how much this movie used the John Lucas uh, score versus Last Jedi and Force Awakens, I would assume that this one leans a lot heavier on using a lot of the original music and – I'm a kind of a big sucker for that stuff. So I wouldn't be surprised if that was part of the things that sort of like triggered, like, like, like Lando, Lando appears and it's like, ta-da. And I'm like, I look one second, I'm like uh, rolling my eyes. And the, the next second before my eyes are even rolling, I'm like tearing up because it's like, oh my God, it's Lando Calrissian. I'm like, this just makes no sense. I'm not this person. I can't, but I felt that way. So, you know, I don't know. Here I am. <laughs> I guess it's understandable. I, I do feel this does use John Williams score like so much more uh like the original ones versus like the new compositions yes. um yeah i mean they yeah. use ray's theme which is which is fantastic i'm glad that they you know they they keep using that one um but yeah they use it a lot uh and, and of course lando can't uh can't get out of saving the galaxy without hitting on somebody by the end of the movie um, oh god that was weird <laughs> that was so weird i was like why is this scene wait the wait movie? the girl at the end yeah, yeah. he's totally hitting wasn't on that her. supposed to be is it though i thought that was more of like I much I really read that as a well he tries to hit on Leia from afar like don't forget like hey tell Leia uh, I love her and you know make make sure she gets that message and if she wants to swing on by I'm okay with that that was for sure 
but more I saw that honestly as what I saw and what I, I know other I've talked to some people were like oh god is this supposed to be a nod that he's her parent and, yeah. and and like it was more of a I saw it as more of an avuncular parental thing and 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 Charles was joking to me he was like man I can't wait to see the like uh, Lando reveals that he's you know uh uh, Naomi Aki's dad in the in the Disney Plus, <laughs> like, kind of laughing at that. I was no, like, because that's, that's that's how I totally read that. Like, that well, in the he was like, you know, we'll go off on an adventure and, to, and we'll see where you're from, baby. And it turns out, guess who's your daddy? You know, I don't know, I don't know but like, <laughs> yeah. And the leaks that I read, he was her dad. So I think oh, that was actually the plan. And I don't know if they just like. You know, oh, they shot it or something and made it. I, I don't know. Yeah, maybe, maybe was... they dialed that back. Maybe they yeah. dialed that back. Maybe they're like, there's been one too many coincidences in this movie, so maybe we'll stop. Wow. But yeah. I don't know if I want to derail this podcast, but, um, and maybe not, but maybe at some point you can tell us what some of those leaks are because. I'm kind of fascinated by that kind of stuff, but that could totally be another, that could be almost like another podcast. Of <laughs> well, like, it's actually. Whoa. Interestingly, they were all accurate. That was the only thing that was that was oh, different. Really? So well, then yeah. that that kind of makes sense, and then that that probably um, that they just because it yeah. really reads like that. Like you, you know, you you know, yeah. like it reads to me that like he knows that he's her 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 father, and they just don't say that or whatever. Right. Um, but that's interesting, and I'm also kind of bummed out for you. I don't know if you sought them out on purpose, but like, man, I hate oh, yeah. stuff like that. They ruin that that shit for me, and I and I. Once I know that stuff starts going out there, I just start like muting keywords, and I don't want to hear a thing because it'll just ruin the movie for me. I sought them out. I just I don't, I've always done that. I was really all of them. yeah. I do that with everything. It's not like something that bothers me, but I, I realize that's that's everyone's everyone's got their taste and everyone's got their different things. But yeah, huh. yeah. Um, I don't do it for like every movie I see, but I've always done it for Star Wars. I don't know why, <laughs> and it's never usually really ruined anything for me. Like if anything, it. it kind of enhances it but again different strokes <laughs> no, totally yeah. fair um before we move on to um i know we've we said we didn't want to derail but we've, we're already going into tangents it was, it was yeah. inevitable that would happen um yeah but i guess before we go um i figure we'll i guess we'll try and keep going character by character I, we should do kylo next but before we get to that uh i did want to bring up one thing before we forget it um and i guess we'll probably get to her arc as well but like you mentioned um lando hitting on leia uh, what did you guys feel about like the leia scenes at the beginning of the movie because like i mean it, it's very clear that it's like that it, it was leftover footage in front of a green screen yeah. that they've repurposed but it just was like i respect that and i respect that it didn't seem like they tried to do any recreation like you know they didn't try to do like the Grand Moff Tarkin in Rogue One thing. Like they didn't try and do any of that. And I respect that, but it's although just they like, do, they do right. Yeah, oh, later. They, I guess yeah, you're yeah. Oh, later God, on, they right, do. They right. do it. They do it at, do it at the, at the, the very movie. end, um, and they do it in the training sequence. The okay. training sequence when, when when they're doing Luke's talking about training Leia. They do it to both of them. Sure, you're right. You're right. Okay, that I don't know yeah. why. I mean, I maybe I was just far gone at the movie at that point. The training sequence wasn't super egregious to me because I'm like, I get it. Like. You know, it's a it's a flashback. I understand the ending was egregious, and it was egregious for more reasons, which we can definitely get into. I think more, but um, but it just I don't know. It just felt awkward knowing knowing that. I guess knowing that it's like, again, I respect it. I respect that you're using footage yeah. you already have and you're repurposing it. But it just it was it was felt every single time. Like it felt really forced and awkward. 
and you know they would cut away in convenient times which again what what can you do but it just i don't know it didn't sit right with me for some reason yeah i don't envy them the task of that like i think it was about as good as they could have done like it didn't I was I so worried about that going in. Like, I was like, oh, it's going to look weird. It's going to be bad. I think, like, honestly, it was as inoffensive as it could have been. And, like... I agree. Yeah, I, I do think it was awkward in certain times. And, of course, with the knowledge that, like, it is from different things. Also, if you've ever watched The Force Awakens, like, force uh, like deleted scenes, like, they are literally just, like, reinserted back into the movie. So, like, I knew oh, the no, context... Really? Yeah, oh, I knew the context wow. of some of those scenes, like, from seeing that already. So, like, it does kind of... Um, take you out of it if you have that but I, I don't know it didn't really bother me I think they tried to honor her as best they could and yeah I, yeah. I totally agree with you like that's the least envious job of anybody ever yeah. um, also second to that the least envious job to me of all time is writing this movie after Carrie's sister dies yeah like like that is uh, on some levels and you know this is weird. I think that's maybe a sort of a little bit where my Star Wars fandom for this prequel died when she died, because I knew they couldn't fulfill the story that they were trying to really tell. Um, and they had to, to, to switch gears because this was like, to, you know, like I know the stuff that came out that the Trevorrow was supposed to be doing. But I always, you know, I always thought in my heart at, at that that, you know, that Leia was going to confront um uh, that, that, that Kylo at the end, you know, in some sort of way. And I think, um, I think we were kind of robbed of that. And, and I remember just feeling very heartbroken when she died and thinking that like, it's going to be impossible to tell this movie properly. And it's going to, it's sort of handicapped right out of the gate. I don't care who tells it. You don't have Princess Leia, the mother of this character. Um, and that, I'm not not really giving JG a pass because I think like literally I cannot disagree with anything you guys have said um, about the writing in this movie and his choices and everything. Um, but I do I'm still kind of bummed about that. You know, it's like it's like I wish she could have just finished that out and, you know, it changes everything. Um, it also changes things. I'm going to go on a bit of a tangent here, but like just the one quick thing is that like, you know, the idea Palpatine is a, is a is a weird choice. I'm going to pivot to Palpatine. We're going to talk about Palpatine now. <laughs> hey, um, hey but, this is a mutiny but, on this podcast. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm sorry. But like, uh, well, it's, hey, it's a big choice, right? And it's one of the things that everybody, a lot of people despises about this. But if you've made the decision to uh, re- redeem Kylo Ren um and not make him the antagonist you have to have a new antagonist right yeah. and that's sort of the that's sort of the the cards you're sort of dealt with a little bit you cannot make kylo i don't think you can just make kylo ren the villain of this movie um because you need if you want to just do that and you're not going to redeem him or i guess you can still make him the villain and still redeem him i guess they do that with darth vader um but uh it's like if you're going to make him the villain of this movie the, the, the kind of true villain, then and then you kind of need his mother for that story. And his mother's not there because he's killed his father. That's a whole big part of this. You know, it's not really talked about, although they do talk about it a lot. But it's like it's such a huge part of his arc, you know, his narrative, like his the the sort of like his turning his back on his family, his legacy, all these people, his uncle, all the stuff. He you know kills his father, turns his back on his uncle, he faces his uncle. And then what's the natu- natural logical conclusion of that? It has to be his mother. Right. 
Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm sorry if you're writing any sort of mythic tale and you've got this kind of thing, and this is a major character. It has to be that. And then all of a sudden, it cannot be that because she's changed. So that distorts and just blows up the entire thing. Um, so that's always monumentally heartbreaking to me. And then so then you have to change gears and then you want to redeem him. So then you but then you have to go. You I have to have a You have to have a, 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 a real antagonist or, or someone uh, above him. And then and then I kind of when I'm thinking about it in those terms, I, I kind of go like, look, I don't like the decision of, to Palpatine either. But like if you're tying up the whole trilogy, the nine film saga together again and you're and you're finishing it up and you're in this sort of bind, you know, you want to redeem this character and you're looking for an, another antagonist. I mean, he's right there, right? Like just on a, on a writing like your you're writing is, is, is problem solving and you're thinking about like your, your mythic characters, whether it's your villains, your antagonists or your, your protagonist or whatever. It just kind of it sort of makes a lot of sense. You know what I mean? At least in yeah. terms of what your options are. And then he does honor, like he, he does make a lot of nods to a lot of the films throughout. He makes nods to the, the Star Wars Rebels, to this, to that. And the resurrection thing is straight out of the myth of Darth Plagueis. You know, the prophecy of like the ultimate Sith goal is, is, uh, is, is, is cheating death. And he accomplishes it. So while I still don't necessarily like it, I kind of, on a story level, I understand how they got there, and I understand some of the choices that they made. So the return of Dart uh, of, of Palpatine uh, is I get I, I get it. I'm not so against it because of the, the the options you have. I definitely fucking hate the idea that while you're at it, hey, why don't we make her raise his granddaughter? You know, but that's a whole other story. But him him bringing it back and the way it echoes towards like a lot of the past films, I'm kind of okay with that. Yeah, I wasn't honestly against the idea of Palpatine being in the movie at all. Like, mm-hmm. that to me isn't that egregious. Like, I do think that there's a way you could integrate him. And I agree, if you need to, like, redeem and make your other villain character a good person again, you do need that larger threat looming over you. So yeah. I think story-wise, it was probably necessary Um I just, I don't like the integration of it. Like, I, I don't mind that he's still alive or that he's resurrected in some mm-hmm. way. I just, the there's so much, like, nonsense about, like, the family aspect of it to me is so, like, not Palpatine. Like, his entire thing in the originals is just this pure selfishness. And, like, the idea that he would in any way, like make a child like I, I just it doesn't fit with like his entire thing mm-hmm. and like part of me was hoping maybe that this was like a rug pull and that he was manipulating Ray because he knew he knew from being defeated by Luke and Vader that familial love is like the kind of undoing like that was his undoing was yes. underestimating this yes. like love and so part of me was like maybe he's lying to Ray and thinking like if he can twist her into thinking that they're related he can like puppeteer her basically. Now that um, would be really fucking good. Yeah, that and I feel would like, be really good. I feel like that could have worked so much better and like you could still have basically the same plot. Yes. You just yes, totally. Yeah, you just he's fucking with her and like it doesn't erase any of her parentage stuff that can also be there. But like, as it stands, it just his him being there and them being related poses like 50 questions that the movie just doesn't answer and doesn't even care about. And that just makes it, I just feel bad for whoever's going to get hired to like write that novelization or comic someday. Like they're just going to have to make (laughs) sense. It's crap that, you know, JJ Abrams didn't think about for more than five seconds. And so it's just like, yeah, I don't know. I, I I don't disagree with him being there, but I think it was clunkily 
Yes. Well, the, the other thing, why we're going to say is, uh, a lot of the clunky writing, another villain in this overall fucking trilogy is fucking Disney and Bob Iger. Remember that J.J. <laughs> Abrams asked for an additional year to deliver yeah. The Force Awakens because they did a whole fucking screenplay with Arnett from uh, Pixar and they scrapped it. Yeah. And then they had like eight months to make the movie and they started from scratch and he, he said, hey, can we move the release date an entire year? And they said no. And then he was sort of kind of stuck with what he was stuck with, which is like the remix that he gave. And he was in the same boat with this time again, too, because yeah. like he like fucking Colin Trevorrow bailed on it and he had to like come in and like. I don't know. It's like I think it was Scott Derrickson something said something like you know release dates are like the 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 tyranny of fucking of movies these days and it's true like you know yeah. they just they needed to spend some more fucking time with these stories. Yeah, sure. I agree. I I love the I love the point that you made, Lindsay, about like you know certain things of like tweaking like you could essentially have the same plot of this movie. Like there's a, there's a story somewhere where this plot works it's yeah. just like little tiny things all the way down to even i thought of that even even the smallest thing but i thought of that in like the very last the last scene of the movie like the one where you guys so rightfully corrected me of like where they they do cgi leia where ray sees the, the force ghosts of both luke and and leia and she's asked her last name and she could have just said i'm just ray because it was built yeah. up in the beginning of the movie where she's like oh yeah i'm not from you know i'm just ray and it's like you could have done that so have her say like oh ray skywalker just because these were like familial figures it's just like it's just like a boneheaded decision on top of a boneheaded decision it's the same thing with the emperor that idea of having him actually screw with her would have been like an actually interesting subversive idea to make yeah it that work. sounds like a ryan johnson that sounds like a ryan johnson thing in it's a good to, way to, right it, like, it, yes yeah. yes to to make you think look the her real identity is the gold nugget that i'm going to try and d dangle over your head in a kind of like like you know kind of sleight of hand this is the thing that you really want to know so i'm going to tell you but and then and then actually reveal something else that would have been really cool actually and that's a really cool good idea but like you're talking about a guy who's just not sophisticated enough to think about that who wants to just explain that whole reveal and exposition yeah. exactly and um I mean, yeah, not to like, d you know, divert too far either, um, you know, but just so we cover everybody. I mean, I feel like a lot of new characters really get the short end of the stick in this movie. Um, I, I think Finn and Poe, as entertaining as they are together, are kind of like, you know, the, they, their arc, it, it just, they don't, I don't feel like they get a lot of do, to do. And I mean, I, I know that's by design. I mean, they're, they're placing the strongest uh you know emotional arc in the hands of ray and kylo and it, it is the strongest i understand but i do feel like a lot of these characters who we have come to love over the last couple of movies uh like i said finn poe rose like just they i just feel like a lot of people <laughs> rose. poor rose right like she just, I know. yeah she just gets completely sidelined um at it, the same time i you, i mean i said it going in i'm like there's no there's no room for rose's story in there like and they don't even try they don't even they don't even pretend which i think is smart like like it it this is the you know you're trying to finish this saga you got a lot of shit to tie together it is essentially the kylo ray movie that's the real heart of it um i think you got to pare down i, I honestly I, I'm, I i'm bummed for rose too but i think it was a smart decision it was a smart decision to get rid of hux like just pare down like go go for the meat of this thing you know what i mean i, 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 
I see. I could agree with that, but they crammed in like so many other characters that I'm just like, you could that take out, you could true. take out Zori Bliss, who I loved. I think Zori Bliss was fun. She was like kind of a an interesting, just like foil to these but things. Totally unnecessary. Totally unnecessary. I think Jana on paper is an interesting character, like this other person who, you know, is a defecting stormtrooper. If if a better script would have given her and Finn maybe more to like kind of commiserate over. But like as it stands, they just don't get any room to breathe as characters. But you have someone like Rose who was pre-established who you could you could fit her in there if you got rid of some of that. If you made the base True, back yeah. on the resistance, you know, we have this resistance base where Leia's at that we keep coming back to and Rose is there and she gets like a line of dialogue every once in a while. If you take out all that other crap and just like make that an actual set piece and like, you know, kind of ham up like whatever the resistance is working on, like you could make a storyline there that I think would be a little bit more useful. Um, I, I don't know. I, I feel very bad about Rose. I, I think, you know, she's such a major part of The Last Jedi, like it or not. And this just felt like, like kind of giving it to the people who who hated her like you know i just as i was watching it i was like this just feels like the worst instinct and i don't know it it does like i mean like man you could really really make the case that 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 kathleen kennedy was you could make a conspiracy theory like case the kathleen kennedy was all like oh yes we love ryan's version and that in privacy she was like we have to undo all this stuff nobody likes it and and like you know like and like let's get rid of all the bad it's like it it almost feels like like how uh uh, um uh misa what's his name disappears in 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 the rest of the yeah yeah yeah, i can't even say his name um (laughs) But like in the other two films, he essentially just disappears because, you know, the, the backlash is so terrible that like George Lucas doesn't even, you know, he just forgets all about him. And there is a lot of that. And there's a lot of erasure. And I I do feel bad, too. The one yeah. erasure I will. Um, and, and Rodrigo, you mentioned it. The one erasure I am OK with, though, uh, is is Hux. I was perfectly OK with how that character yes, was. Yes, he got the fan Hux. Yeah. Yeah. He got the perfect amount of screen time, in my opinion. Like he gets to get in there, kind of fuck things up, and then die. Fine. <laughs> yeah, works. exactly. I never, I never really cared for that character in the last like. Oh, movies. he's he's also really, really fucking bad in Force Awakens. He's so hammy. He's oh, yeah. so over I, the top. I, I rewatched. Bru- and and yeah. he's like he's almost in a different movie. He's brutally fucking bad. Like, oh my god, those choices are fucking terrible. Oh, like, I was so about bad. To, I was about to like flip just for a second. Um because I just rewatched Force Awakens the night before watching Rise of Skywalker. Um, and yes, he is super hammy, especially that speech he gives before they obliterate all those planets. It's like ridiculously over the top. And then in this movie, he's like, oh, I'm the mole. And I'm like, wait a minute. I was like, you like perpetrated mass genocide. Like if you've <laughs> been the spy the whole time, but then I, I was at least a little bit where he's like, you know, he's the mole because he's, he just, he's a character that seems really petty. And he's like, I don't care if you win. I just want Kylo Ren yeah. to lose. I was like, okay, that yeah. at least gives me a little smidgen of justification for this. Cause I'm like, if you're going to absolve this character who committed like massive, massive genocide, yeah. I'm going to blow my top. <laughs> Although like one of the things that this movie does, it just makes me go like, Jesus Christ, why wasn't Richard E. Grant in this from the fucking beginning? Yeah. Yes. He's like so perfect as one of these characters and so believable and commands a sort of old school kind of authority that throws back to like, you know, uh, Moff Tarkin and, and sort of these kind of figures. He's so good with so little. And it's like, shit, like, man, why, why didn't they just cast here from the beginning? 
He's yeah, so I good. Agree. That felt like a that felt like a you know like a a, a film Twitter casting decision. You know, after <laughs> after he got so much acclaim for his performance in Can You Ever Forgive Me, it's like you know, and, yeah. and his awards um, like run and people like really enjoyed it like in our communities, and, and that just felt like a. But at the same time, it's like he's so damn good that like I, I get why he only just got casted for this, and I feel like it was because of the acclaim for. For can you ever forgive me? But it's like, yeah, he should have been there for the beginning because he he is he's like the one for me, like the one new character that I was like, okay, okay, I'm kind of into this. Yeah. He was also really good friends with Carrie Fisher in real life, and part of oh. me wonders if that was Ooh. just kind of like a, as a I don't know, I, yeah, or just like a sweet little thing. I don't know if that's that might just be me. <laughs> I mean, no, it's, guessing, that's totally but... that's totally understandable. But whatever the case may be, like, yeah, he 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 relished. He, like you know you mentioned hux in force awakens and how like hammy and completely in another movie he is it's like he's that perfect balance of hammy but also but like is in the right movie and does it does it well so yeah i thought i thought that was a good addition um all right should we get to kylo ren i know we got a huge huge detour here let's do kylo and not necessarily every other character because i don't think they deserve it no i I mean i think i think we've already kind of mentioned that like a bunch of people like you know like i said finn and poe and rose like we we've kind of already covered them in a way that's like yeah they they they're there and they're fun but they you know their arcs are kind of like you know they're just in service of of these two which is yeah or in service of the plot really yeah that's a good point (laughs) it's in service well and finn yeah finn i feel so bad because i think finn is has so much potential to be an interesting and great character and i think yeah this movie is just kind of like it teases that he's force sensitive and does nothing with it it also teases that he likes ray i guess or just like there's this running gag of him like wanting to tell her something but we never really know what it is it just it that's just kind of like indicative again of like jj abrams just being like let me set something up and do nothing with it i don't know he felt like the worst kind of victim of that kind of storytelling totally but at the same time right well sorry just quickly but like i totally agree with you but at the same time maybe it is jj's way of picking up on ryan johnson's democratization of the force oh yeah, yeah, yeah everyone can be force sensitive or you can be so in love with someone that you can get the force through love. Bam! Yeah. Maybe it just I, felt like such was, a. No, no, I I'm, like. I'm, I'm being heavily sarcastic because I think that's like <laughs> again, like really, 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 really fucking dumb. And like, I didn't quite get that. I was like, he's is he so in love that he's tapping into the force? Like, I that's pretty fucking stupid. I don't know, but you know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. It's just handled so weirdly that it's, you don't you don't know what it is. <laughs> It's it's bad. It's pretty stupid, and it's not democratization. I'm just joking. But anyhow, yeah. <laughs> I was just gonna say, I do feel like Finn. Like even a movie I I adore, like The Last Jedi. Uh, I feel like he is he is sort of victimized by the plot of each movie. Like he he does yes. kind of put into yes. exactly yes. what the plot needs it to be at any given time. And I feel like his agency yeah. has you know been sort of lost in the shuffle from The Force Awakens. And um, I don't know. That's unfortunate. Um, for sure. Uh, but Kylo Ren, I, I do want to say, I, I think as far as arcs that carry over in a linear fashion, uh, you know, whether or not it ends in a way that's satisfying and we can definitely touch on that. I do feel like his, has been fairly consistent. At least I do feel like the, like here, his sort of goal, his sort of end game, if you will, is, um, 
has been the same. I mean, we start with the movie. He's he's now Supreme Chancellor because he he uh, killed Snoke. Um, he's still even even seeking out Palpatine. He has the you know that urge to to burn it all down to to be like I want to be the person. To, I want to be the person to rule. Um, so I do feel like that is still there as well as his you know push has his, as well as his call to the light and a lot of that through ray and a lot of that through the guilt of of killing han solo um so i do feel like at least that thematically if anything ki- like kind of worked for me in the movie i do wish we saw a little bit of that like guilt like like i, I wish that uh, i i feel like it's forced like the han solo guilt a little bit it, even if it's emotionally resonant resonant um, because it doesn't really carry over from the last movie. It does just does feel a little out of, not out of place, that's not the right word, but just a little bit forced. But um, I felt it was out of place. I was like, what? Han Solo's back? I'm like, is he a force ghost? Like, what happened? Did someone teach him when he was dead? I was very, like, I was very, th- I'm, I'm like, again, like, even as I'm talking, I'm like, how did I like this movie? Like, what is going on? But like, but like, I did not genuinely, and that's actually, that's the part of this where it's, that's where the movie started losing me when Han came back. And then when she goes to, um, uh, the planet that Luke does exile, it started really losing me yeah. in that part. I was, that's where it almost, I, I almost was like, okay, I'm done. But then somehow it, 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 it took, it got me back. But that's, that part was from Han on till, till Luke. Um, was really really losing me. Yeah, that's... I think it. Oh, go ahead. They, Sorry, I was just gonna say I don't think it's communicated super well. That like I mean, my take on the Han showing up is that Leia dies sending Ben that memory. Like that's what she, you know, it, it kind of like they mm. say like she mm. has to go do something, and she kind of leans down, and that's when Ben Ben sees him. So I, I think it was her using the Force to kind of project that as like a final, you know, come back to me, son, kind of move. Um, but it also ends up to me. But wait, kind isn't of, she dead already by then? No, she's dying, or she had just died. So I think she has sent. What does she do again? She distracts him with something for a second. She yells. She yells, "Ben!" Right. That's her last right. like word. And then he kind of, in the middle of him fighting with Ray, kind of it, it makes it causes him to lose balance, and that's when she yes, stabs right, him. Right, right, right. right. Um, my uh, yeah, I mean, and maybe that's not true. Maybe she didn't no, send him. No, I think actually, I think actually, right now, because I'm thinking of the timeline of it. Yeah, he sees Han, and then after that, she dies, right? Or it's somewhere around there. I don't remember the exact time, but I think either way, the idea is maybe that she like tried to to signal something to him to make him, you know, yeah, come yeah. back. That makes. I, I don't that, know. I, I can buy that. I can buy that. Yeah, but I don't think. I again, I think it's confusing because it's not really said, and that's just me trying to make sense of it. Um, right. The Han scene worked for me, surprisingly. That's actually one of the things I thought I was going to, like, really hate. And I think emotionally it works. Yeah, emotionally it works. It gives you closure to the the Force Awakens, really. It's a lot of the things that they say in that scene is actual, like, repeated dialogue from the Force Awakens, just kind of, like, puppeted or, you know, whatever. like Remixed oil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I found that really touching. Um, It was touching the idea that, like, that Han also kind of, like, forgave him, too, you know? Yeah, I think it was that was closure that that Ben needed to become Ben again. Yeah. But the thing that that ugh, I mean, I have a whole rant saved up about, about the Kylo Ren arc that I guess I'll get into <laughs> right now, which is that you know one of the controversial things that I've like kind of written in my career, I guess, is is I wrote a piece about how I needed how I wanted Ben to be redeemed. You know, Ben Demption is what like the fans call it. It's just kind of like been a gag, but like. 
I really do think it was necessary to this, but I'm extremely disappointed that all of that work went into redeeming him on the on behalf of like all of the original trilogy characters you know han essentially dies for him luke essentially mm-hmm. dies for him leia yeah. essentially dies for him yeah to be redeemed only for him to die like immediately afterwards like he literally from the moment so he tosses his lightsaber away you know after the han scene he's good again he goes to help ray he doesn't have a line of dialogue from that moment on. doesn't say a word until <laughs> like, he doesn't say a word again after that scene in the yeah. movie. Um, so we don't even really like get a sense of what this, this means. And I just, I think it's a coward's move to redeem him and kill him. It's so, we've already seen it. And I just, I don't think that, you know, I find this idea of like transactional redemption to be really extremely boring. It's just like, you don't get to, you don't have to atone for anything. It's just such an easy way of killing somebody and and not really having to deal with like the ramifications of what they did. I also just think it's, you know, wasting a character that could potentially be very rich for like other material. Yeah. I mean, like imagine like, what do you do with that? Like, yeah, redeems him. And then he like walks back and like, Hey everybody, this is Ben. (laughs) (laughs) But the problem is, which would be so kind of like you, you, you can't do that. And at the same time, how amazing would it be if, if somehow I that like, you know, not like redeemed to the point that like, Hey, he's back with the resistance or anything, but like, he's just still out there. And, and yeah. he's maybe like, I think that would have been a much more interesting ending that, that, I think that like, I don't know, somehow, somehow they, they, they part ways or whatever. And, and that he still has to like struggle with the burden of what he's done. So he's like, but he's, so he's not just necessarily like, Hey, I'm joining you now. It's like, I, you know, I've saved you. I'm I'm make sure you're not dead because I love you in this strange way that I don't necessarily understand. Maybe because I think you, you stand for everything, the things that I wish I could be or something. And then, but then just like, but you know, I did some awful things and I I have to reckon with that. And so it's peace out or something that would have been much more interesting. Yeah. Although people would have also kind of probably went like, Oh, you're just saving out for, you know, episode 10 or something. Right. Like they would have. Yeah. It's weird. They, they're in a pretty difficult spot. It's a weird thing. Yeah. It's a weird character to have to contend with in that way, especially I think, you know, with Vader dying, he was an old man who had lived his life. And I think that's kind of the thing that's a bummer with Ben is that it shows you, you know, yes, you can be redeemed. Yes, there is hope, but you just, you have to die. (laughs) Like you can't redemption is only answered by death. And I just don't, I don't find that to be a very hopeful message. And I don't find that to be anything. I I don't feel like all of the characters who sacrificed their lives for him really did it for anything that, that ends up mattering much. It was all, I guess, just so Ray could be resurrected I, I don't know. I, I just find it very messy. And mm-hmm. I didn't need Ray and Kylo to live happily ever after. I never expected that. But I, I do. Yeah, I think this idea of him atoning somewhere off, you know, secluded, whatever, living his life, learning how to, like, be good and having to live with his mistakes. I think that's a more powerful story than just like, Whoop, you're dead. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally agree. Also, yeah, agree. it was a bummer. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. It's it it just it it ties all back into that thing of like we we've, we've seen this before. Like you you had a shot. Like again, not to not to keep spinning the wheels, but it is like you know there there are certain mechanics you have to adhere to. But it's like even within those mechanics, they could have done something different. 
Um, yeah, you know, they could have they could have just changed the wiring a little bit. And um, yeah, it's just frustrating that they go with they're like, oh, yeah, this happened in that movie that you love from 1983. We'll just go do that instead. <laughs> like, yeah, it's 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 it, a it's a cop out. Well, it's, it continues, it's pretty it, JJ, though, right? <laughs> like, yeah. It is. Yeah, I think it also it just adds to the, the kind of tragedy of Ray's story, too. Like, I think both of them, you know, she finally what what like however you feel about romance in your stories i know people have varying tastes on that but like it was established that like early in the film she says you know i wanted to join you as you as who you were there are these two characters who are really drawn together obviously by the force but also by the sense of like loneliness and isolation kind of in different presentations and i think it's really heartbreaking that the second she finally finds someone who like understands this terrible burden that she has which is this tremendous force power (laughs) she's just once again left alone with it you know (laughs) like he dies and she's again just completely completely alone and I, i don't know i i find that to be tragic in a way that's not even really that uplifting so i don't know i was i did not like either of their their ends that's fair enough i mean i guess i'll just say it because we're gonna we're gonna get there um is that like i actually kind of like the final moment um that i know everybody detests um (laughs) because i feel like it's a kind of um I don't know. I found it something I, I know it's kind of like corny on paper and stuff like that, that but she has been from essentially no one and nowhere. And she's always wanted to belong and discover who she is. And I feel to me, it is a very self-affirming reclamation that she decides like, yeah, I know who I am. I'm, I'm going to tell you, like, you know, who are you? And it's like, I'm I'm a Skywalker. And it's like, I'm just taking on, it's like this, this sort of, and it's just this kind of thing that happens in the moment. It's this feeling, you know what I mean? And yes, they're there in the backward, but like, I don't know if they're actually really there. Like to me, it's like, I don't know, it's just sort of this reclamation of like, this is who I'm going to be now. Because I never, like, you know, I never really had a past. I didn't know what was going on. All this stuff was robbed from me. And I, I find it out, actually, there's agency in that moment that I choose to like, to, to brand myself as this and, and take on this legacy. And this is what, this is what I'm going to be now. Um, I don't know. I felt that it was actually something kind of poetic in that. I don't actually mind her taking the Skywalker name. That is not my issue with the final scene. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I think I agree with you. I think that's actually really powerful. I think there's a lot of power in chosen names and chosen yeah. names is something that pops yes. up in star Wars a lot. Han Solo's name is chosen. Yes. You know, it's, it's yes. something that we see. Uh-huh. Constantly, so I, I think that message to me is very. Kylo I Ren like. Is made up name. Yeah, Kylo Ren's made up. Everyone, lots of people have made up names in Star Wars. It is like you know, creating your own your identity, own destiny. right? And that's yeah. what something she'd always lacked an identity. Yeah. So it's like she redefined herself in that moment. So I find that kind of powerful and poetic. Yeah, I, I, I really. Think, yeah, I, really, I agree. Um, I really like that moment. I agree with that. I'm more confused by like. <laughs> this is such a nitpick but like kind of like the mechanics of what it means that she's on Tatooine like again it's probably me overthinking it but like she goes there to bury the lightsabers Leia has no connection to Tatooine at all this place has nothing to do with Leia so I don't really know like what burying her lightsaber there is even if it's like a, a movement I, I whatever but also like is she did she move in there like the thing, that's what i'm so confused about uh, and the like, mechanics of that are definitely clunky she yeah doesn't, she doesn't know any of that stuff right no like, she doesn't know like i guess she probably knows she's from tattooing but that's it she doesn't probably know the spot all this stuff it's really just a force like he wants to 
to to to Pavron. He wants to call back to that moment. It's the end of yeah. Revenge of the Sith, which is Revenge of the Sith calling back to the New Hope. And he just wants to close the circle with that the two the two moons or the two suns and that moment again, which is again in a way like. In a, in of itself, I've always found that to be a very, very powerful thing. Those that such as like looking to the horizon, you know, the, that music, the, the 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 possibilities of the future. I found that to always be very poetic and very powerful. But yeah, it is very kind of contrived the setup that all of a sudden she suddenly appears there. I mean, he well, just he's trying to get there and he just sort of fast forwards without any kind of real reasoning. And also, while I'm here, if you're going to make this movie so dumb. Um, which he kind of does in a lot of spots. Why not make Leia's lightsaber pink? Like you lost an opportunity to do something really dumb. If you're going to do, do a bunch of dumb shit, why don't you? You know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at least go for it. You might. You might as well. Yeah. Like, why? Why weren't like, uh, Uncle Owen and Aunt Peru's burnt corpse still on? I know. There? <laughs> Ray just like sweeps them up or something. Yeah. yeah. I think for me, like the the thing that's so like disappointing, I guess, about the ending is like. Again, I, I wasn't sure if she was just headed, like, you know, did she just trek off there to bury the stuff and then she's leaving again? Like, it doesn't really tell you that. Um, but the soundtrack for that episode, or for that, for the final number is called A New Home. So it's implying that she, like, moves in to the Lars homestead, I'm guessing, which to me is <laughs> just about the bleakest thing in the whole entire fucking world. Like, she starts this movie out isolated in a desert planet by herself. And then that's also the ending of her story. Like what? I just don't. I don't Is it her? I mean, maybe that might be reading into like the soundtrack thing a little bit too. It much, might be. Right? Like, it I might mean, be. I don't, but she also we see her well, kind of knows, like maybe we'll see her on tattooing again, like living there as a hermit or something. Yeah. Who knows? And maybe that's me just just guessing out of like the scraps that were given. But like she kind of like we see her sled down and kind of walk through. It, it looks like you know what you do when you move into a new apartment, which is like you test out everything. So <laughs> which, which mirrors that same scene in uh, yeah. Force Awakens, yeah, where she yes. slides down. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't I don't know what it's implying, but I think I was just stuck on some of that stuff. I was just like, really? She's on. I could see again. I don't want to like write my own version of uh, Rise of Skywalker, but like if Ben had survived, I could see her like dropping him off there and like this is where i'm gonna leave you you have to live on a moisture farm now and think about all that you've done and <laughs> i feel like that like i don't know could have been like a way to end that in a way that makes sense but i don't know whatever <laughs> whatever that's that's the that's the the buzzword with this it's just like whatever <laughs> yeah. funny i i don't really want to see this movie again because i don't want to rob myself of the experience and 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 dislike it but i'm actually planning on seeing it this weekend because i'm showing it to my kids i have to see um, it this weekend too and, and and so i don't and i don't really 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 want to i, I want to because i think my kids are going to really enjoy it but yeah. I, I i would love to sit them down and just like walk out and then just like wait for them <laughs> after it was over because i was like i don't really want to i don't really want to like you know test it again it's like i i went on the ride and i enjoyed the ride and i didn't notice all the other kind of silly things or or they just scored, sort of were overpowered by the uh the the the, the viscera of it i don't know um it, what what you i i guess i just want to tie back to the last final thing is that is that what you mentioned about the the um ending and how you felt about it how it's like it's like that's sort of my whole thing is that like the emotion sort of a power overpowers the mechanics. I didn't get stuck on the mechanic. It's sort of like, it's not the grammar, it's the feeling. And mm -hmm. for whatever reason, like I didn't notice that the grammar 
or I chose not to notice or whatever it was that like it was a mess. And I just sort of went with more of the feeling of the writing or maybe not the writing, but the feeling of the emotions of it. Because I do like, I, I do like that ending, but I, yeah, like the mechanics of how he, she gets there. And if you, and it doesn't, a lot of it doesn't hold under any kind of uh, interrogation or inspection. No, it certainly doesn't. <laughs> I think that's, that's, that's true. Um, but again, it's that, it's that gut feeling. It's, it's understandable. Um, I'm in the same boat. I have to watch it again this weekend. Uh, it's my like holiday tradition with my wife and my in-laws. It's like, I'll get the tickets and I get it for everybody. And it's like my Christmas gift. And this year I'm like, Oh, I don't want to <laughs> do it again. Um, but I'll do it. So just uh, go to the bathroom and just like, and not come know, back. Don't come back. Yeah. <laughs> Give my ID for the AMC stubs thing. It's like, all right, here you go. Have fun guys. I'm going to go back. <laughs> I'm seeing it again tomorrow. Oh, um, yeah. Because I, wow. yeah, I bought opening night tickets. Like, I assumed I'd have a press screening, but I don't know, whatever. You never know. And so, um, yeah, so I have opening night tickets and I'm going with a friend. And I'm actually kind of interested to see it again. Like, as much as I don't obviously have expressed how much I dislike it, I, sometimes things click into place more with me on the second time. I also have to write a, our spoiler review for Nerdist. So I'm looking forward to like, really kind of digging into like maybe some of the things I missed. Maybe there's, there's more going on. So we'll see. I'm, I'm hopeful that maybe I like it a little bit more the second time, but we'll see. I hope also, so. Oh, go ahead, Rod. Uh, 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 just one other thing. Uh, force powers. I don't know if you guys watched the Mandalorian episode yeah. seven, but the force powers healing actually existed a long, long time ago because chronologically <laughs> Yoda and I'm spoiling maybe the Mandalorian for you, uh, uh, Ryan, uh, is that healing force powers existed 30 years ago or however long ago is when the Mandalorian is set. Yeah, there's yeah. some really nice uh, brand synergy this week yeah. in Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like four episodes behind, that, but, but it's, it's fine. Like, uh, the, the force healing was teased early, like in the first or second episode, right? Like we see Baby Yoda try to oh, try to heal. So Yeah, you're yeah. right, you're right, you're right. So, that's yeah, right, yeah. yeah, that's a good point. But I yeah. mean, I'm still four episodes behind. That doesn't excuse me. But I, I know there's a good point that that <laughs> it's not a huge point. It basically they just the episode kind of introduces a, this concept. It's right. a small thing, yeah. But like yeah. The, it's and then when you think about it, it's like oh well, it actually existed before Ray was ever even born. Yeah. So anyhow, fair enough. Um, I mean, although obviously it's retroactively written or whatever, I don't know. Anyhow, but yeah, <laughs> yeah who knows? <laughs> do we? Do you guys have any other final thoughts on uh, Rise of Skywalker? Uh, Babu Frick is my new favorite character. So Babu Frick's good. Yeah, Babu yeah. Frick is good. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> One of the best things about the movie. Is yeah, that it's just his little like yell. It's amazing. <laughs> it, it reminds me of like it, uh, of. Uh, salacious crumb a little bit i guess if we're, yeah. doing, if we're doing return <laughs> totally. of the jedi comparisons and i love salacious crumb so i'm i'm all for it <laughs> um rodrigo what about you any other final thoughts i don't know man i think that's about it i mean i think you know uh, i had i wrote this on on social media a little bit I, I feel like it's slightly a tangent but like the 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 um the last Jedi is a little bit to me, like the tyranny of subverting expectations and the sort of overdoing that. Um, and this is like the tyranny of satisfying audiences. Um, and, uh, I feel like both are, um, the two things that are sort of like, uh, sort of the evil that's, that's sort of hurting, uh, movie franchises these days. The idea that we have to like, I mean, surprises are good and twists are good, but if you overdo it, then it becomes contrived. 
Um, and uh, it, the tyranny of satisfying audiences is, is bad for obvious reasons. Um, but like the two of them are sort of this push and pull of, of what's going on in this movie. And also kind of just overall um, something that's, that's uh, I feel like hurting movies in general, or at least big franchises, because, you know, that's all we hear about these days is, is people having to like, Oh, we got to give you the unexpected. You know what I mean? But like, you kind of got to organically get there. You can't just, you know what I mean? And then JJ is doing the opposite, which is just basically giving you what you want. And you're realizing that like, maybe I don't want what I actually thought I wanted, you know? Yeah. 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 No, I, it, it's, it's, um, you know, it, it, it is hard because it, it does feel, I think I mentioned this at the top and I guess the last thing I'll say is, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like a, it doesn't feel like a purposeful betrayal of like what come before it. Like, I don't think that like sat in a room is like, you know, I know you, Rod, you kind of mentioned that like a conspiracy theory could be written <laughs> about undoing like last Jedi elements, but I don't think that is actually the case. I don't think they actively sat no, in a room and no, was like, no, let's no. undo this. Let's do Let's undo that. Uh, like, I don't think it's malicious, but like, oh, but I it, do. That's, that's <laughs> I think there's totally some, there are some genuine like dialogue digs in there. There's like a part when you know when Ray throws or when um Luke throws the lightsaber back at Ray and says like don't disrespect a Jedi weapon like that. There's like shit like that that's kind of in there. They they joke about the Holdo maneuver. There's like little things that feel like genuine mean spirited digs that I I don't think like to me the last Jedi yes it subverts expectations but it feels like an evolution of the Force Awakens and this to me feels like kind of mocking, you know, the last Jedi in a, a pretty direct way. So I feel I like to that point I think that you're probably right that there's probably at least a few uh dialogue kind of things like that they're maybe a little pointed but i don't think it overall i think it by human nature of like i started this story and here's kind of where i wanted to go and i at first i kind of convinced myself that i really didn't want to do it anymore like i think there's something in, in the idea of just like human nature that, to like gravitate to what you had originally thought of and intended you know what i mean i think that's sure i just think part it, of it it would be different if like jj was ever hired to do the whole trilogy and like something was taken away from him and he came back, but that just was never the, the case. He was never supposed to make another one. So to yeah. act like he's like course correcting something that he started when he never laid out anything beyond what he started anyway, it just feels kind of like, I don't know that that's intentional or that that's the narrative, but like that seems what people have kind of like ascribed to it. And I don't know that that like fully tracks to me. Like he, he basically, he never outlined a, a series anyway. Like he just set it up. So he never did. But at the same time, there's so much set up and so much things that are questioned. Like you don't put Luke on that planet and, and not answer it to, to not at least have oh, yeah. some ideas of what you thought of. Right. Like there's like sure. a lot of things that maybe he didn't necessarily like out. Like, I feel like that's a little, the whole, like we had no plan, I think is, um, I don't think that's a, I think people take that too literally because when you're thinking about story and you're breaking down a story and, and you're thinking a lot of, well, where is this going to go ultimately? Yeah, we could do that later on, you know, but you don't write that because that's not your, your, your job right now. You have to figure this out. But I think in the doing of that and you're knowing you're creating a story, I think there has got to have been like some, at least, yeah, we well, we could, do, they, they could do that. Maybe, all right. Well, whatever. That's not our job, but yeah. You know what I mean? In, right, in well, the making of these things, you're bound to come up with, um, like ideas or throw some things around that are possibilities of where these things could go. So well, even though you don't write them, they're, you know, even just saying them aloud or thinking about them is part of that process. Well, and that's part of the, the 
the issue, I guess, maybe with this movie comparatively to those ones is that the Force or the the Last Jedi script was being written while the Force Awakens was filming, and like Ryan yeah, was involved. Just... So they there there's more synergy between those two just naturally. Like yeah, there is things that are answered, but like they I think they were collaborating more directly between those two films. Whereas this, there's this big gap, and there were firings, and there were whatever's, yes. yeah, and Carrie yeah. dying, and so it's just naturally kind of messier and again like we talked about you can't predict a lot of that stuff so it's hard to be mad at anybody but like yeah I do think that there's like some inelegance in the way that this movie contends with with The Last Jedi in occasionally mean-spirited ways but like it doesn't bother me in any really like detrimental way you know that's that's a small that's a minor like issue yeah. I have well with, I, I think all of us can pretty much agree though that like the erasure is real like yeah whether yes, it's intended sure. well how, how what what are the 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 what whether it's intended or what are be behind the intentions that can be debated but like the erasure is very very real yeah agreed um well cool i think we've exhausted <laughs> Almost all possibilities. We maybe even have to do like a follow up uh, if, if we're all watching a sec it a second time. Yeah, I know. Come, right? come like, back and report what how it how it plays. This is out perfect timing because my phone is also about to die. So it's like we, like <laughs> this is like so perfect. I'm, oh, like on my last bar or two of it. Oh sure. Well, if you want to if you want to hang up, Rodrigo, go ahead. Um, just because I was I was going to swing in. We do have a little bit more time, so I figured we'd swing into our. Uh, grab bag section really quick which is where we do either quick hit topics or anything we've been watching recently um because not to get too insider baseball but um if you attend a regional press screening you are expected to file a review or equivalent of it um and i did uh, and i did attend a press screening of cats last night um so i have to talk about it at least for a second uh this is my cue yeah you can you could bow out if you need to (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but uh, thanks for having me on, and I haven't seen Cats, so um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I'm hoping to see it. Well, I'm hoping is a bad word, but I, I may end up seeing it over the holidays. But um, I should go anyhow. But thank you very much. Thank you for both for taking the time for doing this. I really enjoyed this. I really loved both your thoughts. I've never read a word that any of you guys have ever read on, on Star Wars, but I'm also – uh, really, really bad that I never have time to read anything. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, 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 I don't know. I really enjoyed this. Um, and uh, let's do it again. Let's do it. Awesome. Thank you, Rodrigo. Yeah. Cool. And have a good Take one. care. Yep. Bye. You too. Bye, guys. Bye. So, on to cats. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I have to talk about it real quick because I attended a press screening. Um, I know you know this, that <laughs> you're expected to review it. Um, I mean, the review embargo dropped today. What else is there to say? Like, it, it, it's, I, I guess the one thing I will say, maybe counteractively to how everyone's saying how bonkers the movie is, um, it is, but, like, within reason. Like, once you, you know, we all, I will always cherish that moment when the trailer dropped. The, the one time in all of film Twitter history where everybody united for one brief second to go, what the fuck am i watching <laughs> um and uh it was a blessed day <laughs> it was a blessed day and i will cherish it forever um and 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 the movie is that for like five to ten minutes um but like once you kind of get past it it's it's an adaptation of cats like once you yeah. get past it you're just like <laughs> i'm watching cats but with cgi and and it's like that really just will depend how you feel about Cats the Musical, which the Cats the Musical is also weird and it's okay. And that's kind of how I felt about the movie. I'm like, it's kind of 
boring <laughs> through most of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just kind of boring. And, um, but it, but it, it is wild that I'm at least happy to have like participated in, in the discourse surrounding the movie, but it is, uh, I, I, I can't say it's worth watching, at least not like theatrically and, and not without some sort of, um, aided influence, um, because it, it, it is <laughs> mostly kind of boring. Um, yeah, I've I've had a press screening that I was supposed to go to right after uh, the Rise of Skywalker, the uh, whatever day that was. This week's been twenty years already. I guess it was <laughs> yesterday. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I felt like I had been through kind of enough, so I was like, I'm gonna sit this one out. But that's, yeah, <laughs> that's understandable. I I braved it for whatever stupid reason <laughs> to go see it, and uh, and and it wasn't worth it. I'm glad to hear to be talking about it, but I'm also like, eh, this wasn't, I probably could have not done this and, and be just fine. Um, but I'll, I'll pass it on to you. Is there anything like any, either like news topic or anything you've been watching recently that you would like to recommend? Yeah. I mean, I, I like we were, we kind of talked off air. I have like a mountain of screeners that I'm trying to get through, uh, before the end of the year and trying to kind of go to a few screenings. I have not been doing as well as I should be as a critic and somebody part of a critics guild, but, um, I, I've definitely been, you know, making my lists and I, I plan to catch up as much. Uh, the last movie I saw that I really loved and that I think a lot of people are talking about and that comes out soon is little women, yeah. uh, Greta Gerwig's little women. I, have you seen it yet? I have seen it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I, I uh, definitely got a chance to check that out, and it was one of my favorite movies of the year. I think it's lovely. I was very nervous going into it just because I Little Women's a story that's very important to me. The '94 version is one of my favorite movies. It's you know kind of sacred territory, and you never know how things are going to turn out with that. But I trusted Greta Gerwig, and I think I had very good reason to. It was just very lovely. It's kind of like an like antidote to like the world right now you know you can kind of just like sit in and it feels like a warm blanket of a movie really and just the the performances are really delightful and i know there's been a little bit of controversy that people have been talking about online which is that it's not getting nominated for anything because like a lot of men are skipping the the press screenings and just like not watching it because they think it's just girl fluff and i hope if there's dudes listening to this that haven't checked it out that that maybe you you will (laughs) if you hear this because i think you will find something to enjoy in it i hope anyway the movie is just like like you said warm blanket is really the the phrase for the movie like it's yeah. just it's delightful and and especially watching like some of the most like talented um you know talented performers of like their generation just interplay off one another and and how watching it and and you know it makes me want to go read the book and see the 94 film this was my first introduction to little women um yeah i I have not you know i I unfortunately have not had any other uh entry point into this story but what was refreshing is like i was watching with my wife who who loves the book who who knows the book very well and said you know so much of this dialogue is lifted from it directly um which is impressive because it you know it it is um but it it just it feels like greta gerwig's voice like it feels it, it feels very like because she's so like she's just so like hyper contemporary but like it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel anachronistic if that makes sense right. like like it feels like her voice coming through this tale that has been seen many times before but in a in a in a fresh way and of course again it's my first entry point into it so like who knows of course it's, it was very fresh to me but uh i just i really really adored the movie uh from beginning to end and and the performances just straight across the board are, are incredible. And, um, 
yeah, I, I really hope, yeah, if any any guys are listening to be like, hey, no, no, go see this movie. Um, I, I don't want to get too insider baseball. I've heard that, that you know, the I think it's Sony is putting out has kind of bungled the, the awards um, thing a little bit. Um, yeah. And to, you know, I, I don't know how much truth there is to that, but they're also putting out Once Upon a Time in Hollywood so that they could be, you know, really lobbying that harder. Um, who's to say, but, um, you know, regardless, you know, it comes out wide Christmas day and people should 100% go check it out. Yeah, absolutely. Florence Pugh hive. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's my, uh, my closing statement on little women. <laughs> I made a, uh, I made a like joke letterbox list of, uh, 2019 movies where Florence Pugh lets light something on fire. Uh, <laughs> it's both this and midsummer she lights things on fire it just yeah one has just much more dire consequences than the right other. right um well cool i uh i don't have anything else to recommend uh, i don't even really recommend cats it's just what i've seen uh the only other thing i watched this week was six underground and i do not recommend that to anybody of any walk like unless you're unless you're like a huge michael bay fan you've probably already seen it but like i don't i don't recommend that movie to anybody it's such an excruciating painful ugly awful experience uh so don't do it (laughs) so don't do it Um, the only other thing i saw this week which i only saw half of is uh uncut gems which sounds insane that i only watched half of it but we were watching a screener and i literally had to take my roommate to the emergency room uh halfway through it not because of the movie for separate circumstances but (laughs) so i I still haven't finished uncut gems which is like the weirdest way to experience that movie i'm sure it's like in in half (laughs) well the movie is like an anxiety attack so i I guess i had to ask if it was related also hope she's doing okay Um, she's fine it was yeah she had a a broken tooth so it's fine but yeah it was um kind of funny because like right as the anxiety is ramping up i literally had to like turn it off so i'll finish that sometime this week but i really liked what i saw awesome i uh i look forward to hearing like hearing your thoughts after you finish it i think it's uh i tend not to um you know dwell too heavily on lists but i i think i submitted it as my number three when i submitted in my top 10 um, nice. so yeah it's it's uh, I, lo- I love that movie quite a bit um well awesome N- Lindsay. thank you so much i'm sorry the conversation i mean i feel like we had an amazing conversation about a movie that neither of us really cared about but uh <laughs> i i really thought that this was a great discussion thank you so much for coming on the show uh where can people find more of your work online yeah you can find me on twitter at Lindsay Romain, or you can find all of my stuff on nerdist.com Awesome. And I recommend checking that out. Uh, you have your Star Wars review up currently. It's a non-spoiler one, and I know you're going to have your spoiler one up as well, right? I actually didn't write. I didn't write the non-spoiler one. Uh, our critic Kyle Anderson did, but I'm doing our spoiler uh, review, which will it should be up either Friday or Monday, depending oh. on. Yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah. be sure to look out for that. I can't wait to read it. Um, I'll have come out of a second viewing as well, <laughs> as we discussed. So <laughs> I will see if, uh, if if opinions change. But I look forward to reading that piece. Um, thank you again. And in the meantime, uh, this show is a part of the Playlist Podcast Network. So if you enjoy the show, be, subscribe, be sure to subscribe to us via your podcast of choice, be it Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Anchor FM, iHeartRadio. And you'll get this program as well as our other shows, including Be Real, Indie Beat, The Fourth Wall, and any of the other various things that pop up on our feed from time to time. Thank you for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you.